KYW Original Podcasts. This is a Flashpoint Extra. I'm Flashpoint host, Cherry Gregg. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and one issue that we rarely talk about is intimate partner violence among teenagers. Now get this, according to the CDC, 26% of women and 15% of men experience dating violence before age 18. Well, I spoke to a Montgomery County co-ed. Her name is Mackenzie Clanigan. She's 20 years old and she's thriving in college. But in high school, she experienced teen dating violence on another level. And now she's sharing her own terrifying experience and warning other teenagers about the signs of violent partners. Take a listen to our one-on-one interview. That's a welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So first of all, how are you doing at Slippery Rock? I'm doing great. Um, I was, my major was digital media communication, Mm -hmm. but I just switched over to integrated marketing communication and I really enjoy it. So you're like one year from, you'll be graduating, yeah. Yep, 2021. 2021. Yes. And so we're going to go back to before graduation when you were in high school. We're going to just talk about this. Um, You had like a rough spot there. Yes. From a relationship. Yes. So junior year, um, I started dating this boy. We're about 16 years old, 17 years old. And um, everything was good. You know, perfect guy, treated me very well. Um, And then about a year in, so going into my senior year, in the middle of my senior year, um, stuff got a little... I noticed some red flags. Um, He was being very overprotective, Mm. started telling me what to do what to wear, who I can hang out with and who I can't hang out with. Um, So I was always taught when I was little how a man should treat you, how a boy should treat you. So I I immediately knew that wasn't right and I didn't deserve that. So um, February 25th, I still remember the day, um, I was going to hang out with my friends and I, before, during that day, I kind of blocked him because he was blowing up my phone um, calling me mean names, telling me, if you don't answer, I'm going to find you. So I kind of took a break from that, blocked him on everything, just to avoid that feeling. Yeah. And um, fast forward to that night, I went out with my friend Christian. He's my best friend, my best guy friend. He's like a brother to me. And um, I met up with some other friends, and he found where I was. And it was kind of like that moment of silence. Um, there was a knock at the door. And that gut feeling, I was like, hmm, I feel like that might be him. And it was him. He immediately came at me with a pistol and pistol whipped me. Um, I fell to the ground. And that moment, I kind of didn't feel like I was even, like, alive. Mm. Kind of felt like I died and came back. Like, I felt blood rushing through my body. Um, And no one really helped me except for my best guy friend. And I had two other best friends there, but they didn't really help. I ran into the bathroom to try to get away from him, and I shut the door. He broke down the door and cornered me into the bathroom and striked me again with a closed fist and then with the pistol again. And it was like slow motion. I looked in the mirror, and all I saw was blood, like, coming down my face, and I couldn't see. Like, my vision was really blurred. Um, I 
chipped my tooth. And then in that moment, everyone's just running. Um, my friend drove, Christian drove there. So I went in the car with him. But my um, ex-boyfriend would not let me like get away from him. So he kidnapped me in my friend's car by gunpoint. And my friend was driving. I'm in the passenger seat. And he's in the back seat with my two other friends. And we're driving. And we're trying to think of a plan, safety, so I can stay alive. I'm trying to survive. And so you're with a friend? Yes, I'm with three of my friends. And the, you all are kidnapped, basically? Yes. So this person, who's a, who's a kid, basically, yes. kidnapped you and three male friends? One male friend and two female friends. Mm -hmm. at, at gunpoint? Yes. But he's holding the gun towards me. Mm -hmm. And so we're driving. And my best friend, Christian, the one who's driving, stops the car and gets out. And I get out immediately because we kind of looked at each other like, okay, we have to think of a plan so we can survive. He immediately tells me, go with him and I will get you help. So that's my best friend. I trust him. I'm going to go with the flow so I don't get injured even more. Mm -hmm. So I go with my ex-boyfriend, and um, we're walking down the street, and he pushed me to the ground, kicked me again, punched me in my face, and um, took my phone and held me at gunpoint. And at that point, I don't think I can survive, and I think I'm going to die. So I tell him, just shoot me. Like, I can't do this. He... Thank God, obviously, he did not shoot me. Um, we get to his house, and, and as soon as I get to the house, my parents, my best friend and his mom, the ambulance and the police are all there. Mm -hmm. I come out the house, and to see my parents' faces, because my face was so disoriented, was the worst feeling of my life. I went in the ambulance, and I went to a trauma hospital that night, and I was in there all night, into the morning. Um, I was discharged in the morning and my injuries were very severe. I had broken cheekbones, a broken nose, concussion. Um, I'm permanently blind out of my left eye, but I have peripheral vision in the left eye, but I can't see straight. Um, you know, anxiety, all everything that goes with that, depression, um, being scared to be out in public alone, always feeling like someone's a about to attack me or like people walking behind me, loud noises scare me. So it was a really long process. And um, knowing that I was going to college in August, it kind of made me rethink that and I felt like I could not do that. So this was, it sounds like so devastating for anybody, let yes. alone somebody as you were 17 at the time? Yes. Um, how were you able to, first of all, I, I mean, I just got to take a second. Yes. Because this is a lot. Oh, yeah. This is a lot. So how, how long did it take you to recover physically? Because it seems like I just saw the pictures and oh, my God. Yes. So to recover, um, I would say the broken cheekbones and the fractures about, uh, three to four months. Um, my broken nose around the same time. Um, the headaches actually, like constant headaches actually just ended like last year. So you had like 
brain injuries yeah. as well. Like, um, thank God, no brain injuries. Um, concussion. Just, yes, yeah, the concussion yeah. and the headaches were very severe. Mm -hmm. um, like, I'd wake up with one, go to sleep with one. Um, the Like, it made it really hard to focus, so... Yeah. And how are you? So you he he, of course, was arrested. Yes. Uh, and sentenced to time in prison. Yes. Um, but juvenile prison. Yes. And you agreed to that. Yes. Why? We agreed to that because if it, it was either that or um, less time. And then so we agreed to the juvenile um, prison because it was that and then he was on probation for a couple years, but if we didn't do that, it was gonna just be juvenile, not the prison side of it. So, you know, just juvenile hang, you know, not real, like, discipline, yeah. if that's the word, and he was not gonna get probation. So it was kinda like... You wanted him monitored as long yes. as possible. So he, he, how long did he get in prison? Uh, a year and a half. And then to a couple years of probation. Yeah. Did that satisfy you? Did you feel like that was justice? Um, at first, it was really hard because I was immediately saying, no, he needs to go to real jail, county jail, and be in there for five plus years. But then I had to sit back and I'm like, okay, this will help him because I'm more concerned he's, he needs help in the head. Like, he needs mental help. He needs someone who's going to walk him through that process. And I knew the county jail wouldn't give him that. So the juvenile um, prison, I was satisfied. Yeah. And so this, and this is because this is Domestic Violence Awareness yes. Month. Relationships don't start like that. No, they you don't. You were with him for a year. I was with him for, yeah, two years. Two years. And no... And then the red flags didn't start to war until the end. And that's different. Usually people notice red flags along the way, but it happened all at the same time. And what do you, I mean, what made you, first of all, like this kid? Um, he was sweet, you know, high school, teenage love. Um, we hung out with our friends. We were a big friend group, so we all got along together. We'd go, you know, to the King of Prussia Mall, go out to eat, go to the park, do teenage stuff, and everything was perfect. So caught my attention. Yeah. And so you had no real clues that this young man had these tendencies. Nope, not a clue. And so, but as soon as you saw them, you took action. Yes, immediately. I yeah. knew something was not right. Did you feel like he had a, a break of some sort? Or was it a change? Or did something happen to trigger this? Or it was just like literally a wolf in sheep's clothing? It was so random. It really was. I didn't notice anything that would have triggered him to act this way. Um, it was more just him seeing me spend more time with my friends and not him. So that was his, I think that was his trigger. Was that he felt like he was losing you? Yes, and he couldn't. Yeah, and you were going to college yes. in a few months. It was yes. a lot of a lot of things. Had you heard of this type of violence with among teenagers? Honestly... No. After, of course, I never thought this would happen to me. So when this did happen to me, it kind of opened my eyes and it made me want to do more research on it and really look into it because I felt when this happened to me, I felt very alone. And I'm like, why did this happen to me? But as I was doing my research, it happens all the time. Yeah. Tell me what you learned. So um, I learned on an average, 
more than 20 people per minute are physically abused by their partner. Mm -hmm. And then um, over 94% of females ages 16 through 19 are physically abused. And then 70% ages 20 through 24 are abused. Yeah, in some kind of way. And this yes. is a, of course, what abuse means yes. is, is a wide range. Yep, and the, the wow factor in that is the younger ages has a higher percentage. Mm -hmm. And that's very eye-opening. Had you ever had talks about this? That, uh, did you ever th have talks about what would you would do if a boy that you were dating did something like this? Yeah, so my parents always, you know, little talks, not very serious, but little talks of my dad always told me, you know how a man should treat you. And I've seen this all my life with my parents. I've seen how my dad treats my mom, so I know how a man should treat a woman. So that's why when the red flags happen, I notice immediately, this is not right. My mom always tells me, you deserve to be treated like a queen. You should not tolerate any of this. Mm -hmm. So just little talks like that actually helped me. Now, when you were going through the breakup part, like mm -hmm. when he was, uh, you know, when the red flag started, did you tell anyone? No, I did not. I kept it to myself. Mm -hmm. And I wish I did tell my mom because I'm very comfortable with telling my mom things. But I felt like it was my fault that he was acting this way. And why did you feel like it was your fault? I felt like it was my fault because whenever he was telling me I'm hanging out with my friends too much, I kind of sat back and was like, Hmm, maybe he's right. Maybe I'm not showing him enough attention. It was like a guilt trip I was going through. Yeah, do you think a lot of young women do that? Yes, and that's why it's very hard for them to leave these situations. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so you didn't tell anyone, and then no. this escalated so quickly. Yeah, within like a week, <laughs> which is crazy. A week before the incident happened, he was telling me this stuff. Wow, um, and so now you kind of, first of all, like how are you dealing with the the trauma of this like because a lot of people have PTSD yes. and deal with all sorts of things yes um how are you how were you able to cope with this and move your life forward so I was on a lot of medication mm. um, for depression anxiety PTSD nightmares um but today I have no depression my anxiety levels are very very low um Nightmares aren't as much, but I feel like when I come home from school, I get them because it's just all the memories here. Um, my PTSD is actually getting much better. Loud noises still do bother me. Um, but other than that, I'm actually hanging there pretty well. Yeah. Are you able to date? Do you even want to date? Yes. Yeah, so I actually am dating again, mm -hmm. finally. Um, at first, I was very scared because I didn't want this to happen again. Yeah. And I had a hard time trusting people. So at first I was like, okay, I'm gonna take a long break and focus on myself. I'm gonna get myself together. Um, but yeah, I, I do have a boyfriend currently. That's good. Yes. And, and you are now, what, what sort of shifted about you now that you've been able to go to, because I understand you went to therapy. Yes. And so you dealt with the situation. Yes. You didn't just try to self heal mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, and do, was that a big help? So my therapist is honestly amazing. Um, her name's Rachel. And it's not just the talk therapy. Like if I went in there feeling angry, depending on how I felt that day, we would box, do some yoga, take a walk. We'd meet somewhere at Starbucks and 
have a Starbucks drink and just talk about how I'm doing, not necessarily, okay, how are you feeling today? Why are you feeling this way? So that, like the differences in therapy actually helped me like overcome my emotions. Mm -hmm. And so now you're an advocate. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I started Z's Reflection. Um, it's Z's Reflection because my name's Mackenzie, so I kind of just cut it short. Um, it's a program about dating violence, and I, it's very educational, so I share a lot of statistics. I go around and I speak about it to young teenage girls and even women that are going through it. So my goal is just to educate people on it and to, not, to let them know that they're not alone. Yeah, and so what is the lesson from this? Because, I mean, I, I always believe that, you know, everything happens for a reason. Yes. So for you, what's the lesson from all of this? I think the lesson from all of this is my gut feeling saved my life. So always go with your gut feeling and you know what's best for you. Yeah, yeah. And so when you, you talked about your parents a little yes. bit. And I, I've met, I met your mom, yes. she was one of our game changers. Um, and you said that when your parents saw you, yes. that is one of the, that's the one thing that like really broke your heart. Yeah, um, that feeling, it's very hard to explain that feeling because I felt like they thought they failed me. Yeah. You know, they weren't being good parents and they weren't keeping me safe, but I took on, like, that's my responsibility. That was my fault, and I didn't want them to feel like it was their fault. Yeah, yeah, and it was nobody's fault. Yeah. You know? Yes. Um, and so I understand that the young man has been released. Yes. Do you have any feelings about that? Um, I have a PFA against him, so I still kind of feel safe. Um, if I saw him in public, like I actually did just see him the end of summer, so my body kind of went into, like it froze, kind of went into shock. But I think I handled it pretty well. But if we were alone, like if I saw him and I was alone, I think I'd be pretty emotional, but not to the point where I just stay there and just start crying. It just thoughts would be going through my head because I still like don't feel safe. Yeah, and he has not contacted no. you, left you alone. No, thank no. goodness. Yes, thank goodness. Yes, thank God. So, is there anything else you want to add? I mean, um, I, I commend you for you. you have a level of strength thank that you. I don't think um, is common. Yes, to thank have you. gone because this happened just a couple years ago. Yes. Um, I just want everyone to know who's going through this situation currently or who has been in this situation that you're not alone. You can get through it, fight through it, and please do not be afraid to ask for help or tell a friend, tell your mom. It's just not healthy to stay in these situations, and if he does it once, he'll do it again. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a Flashpoint Extra. Flashpoint is KYW News Radio's weekly public affairs show. It airs every weekend on 1060 a.m. on your radio dial. And it comes on at 9.30 p.m. on Saturdays and Sunday morning at 8.30. So you can subscribe to the Flashpoint Podcast for exclusive content like this extra. You can find us on the Radio.com app, the Apple Podcast app, or any podcast flat, uh, platform. All you got to do is search Flashpoint KYW. Until next time, I'm your host, Cherry Gregg. Thanks for listening.